Squeaky doors, clogged sinks, finicky engines. When things break around the house, you take care of it. However, when something's off in the bedroom, you try just to not think about it. Come on, man. What are you waiting for? Take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Piven right now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Piven and complete an online visit. It's easy, man. Don't be ashamed. Just take care of it. Solve the problem. Go to GetRoman.com slash Piven now. You'll get $15 off your first month. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. It's simple. It's easy. You don't have to be ashamed. Just solve the problem. And then literally everybody wins. She'll thank you. I'm thanking you. You'll thank me. We'll all thank each other. Let's just be thankful. Get hard. Get hard, you little freak. Go to GetRoman.com slash Piven now. Also, something really fun for all of us. Um, your feedback has been incredible. I, I just want to hear from you guys. Listen, if you go to SpeakPipe.com slash JPiven, SpeakPipe.com slash JPiven, just ask me anything you want. I'll put it on the air. Um, you know, I can do it as myself. I can do it as Ari Gold. Um, comments, questions, uh, you want me to berate you? I don't know. Maybe we could even call it rolling with Piven, call it rolling with our rolling calls with Ari. I don't know. There's so many different ways you got gold. I don't know. Let's just, let's workshop some titles. I want to interact with you guys. It almost will be like, you're my co-host for the podcast. So what are your thoughts, ideas, comments, anything? I want to mix it up with you guys. I can't wait to get into it. This has been an incredible ride. It's only going to get better. Speakpipe.com slash jpiven. This concept's with Piven. You understand just how we living. This for me is like rap religion. Open on beat because we got this guy. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, Piven? The journey continues. I know what you guys need to know. Is there a reboot? What's going on? Why won't Adrian do anyone's podcast? That's all coming up next. Part two, Doug Allen. Well, it, it, it was all there in the writing. And I think when you study the people that we were portraying, and the reality is we had this great muse. Listen, Mark Wahlberg pitched this show to HBO. Chris Albrecht, who was responsible for greenlighting Sex and the City and Sopranos and was brilliant at what he did, wanted to be in business with Mark. And we got lucky. There's, you know, I was, I didn't have a lot of luck in my professional life. And I don't think you did either um, before that. And we got a little bit of luck and we took advantage of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's the reality. Um, these people exist. And so and still Mark, do, by the way, still, I mean, still yeah. do. And so one of the things that we were lucky to have is that, you know, we tried to cast someone that was like Mark and, you know, there wasn't, there aren't nope. a lot of Mark Wahlberg's out there. There's nope. one, he's an, an incredible, incredibly physical guy. Um, you know, kind of comes from the streets of Boston and has this interesting journey, has this authentic entourage. 
is loyal to his people. There's an E, a drama, and Ari. Yeah. Ari Emanuel is still his agent to this day. And we were very we lucky to have this incredible muse, but there were some certain points when you were writing it where people would go, guys, it's not a documentary. Do you know what I mean? There were certain times where it was so specific about his life and whatnot. But Ari loved it. I mean, Ari used to call me up. Ari called me up on the, the one of my favorite episodes, which, you know, you probably won an Emmy for. But um, when he gets fired, I mean, Ari called me up when he saw that and was like, how do you even know this stuff? Um, so you were it, in a weird way channeling it. A hundred percent. And I, I can't really explain how. Obviously, you know, I, I didn't spend a lot of time talking to Mark about his life. So it wasn't so much about Vince, but the business, which, I, uh, you know, Lev brought a lot of things it wasn't like we sat and talked about it but i did i channel it whatever it is i watch it i view it but the but the real ari used to tell me he's like you can't even write me the way i am and he used to like do performance art for me you know like we we were at the at the palm once like before a lakers game i mean it was packed and he's like you can't write ari like me and he's like watch this and he gets on the phone with a client and he starts you know doing what his attempt at you but then the trigger hits he got mad at the guy or whatever and then the entire palm evaporated and it was just Ari on the phone screaming at this guy, which I remember he goes, uh, he goes, I don't give a fuck if your three-year-old's in the car, turn on your fucking speaker or something to that effect, which I think I ultimately put in. And I would literally take lines from Ari Emanuel's mouth when I sat with him and he'd be like, you can't write me. And he'd say something I'm like, I got that. Like something with the, uh, with the parking, uh, you pulled up to a parking spot and, uh, took someone's spot. I don't remember exactly what it was. That was Ari. I saw him at a studio. and I was like, that's, that's been... Peter Gold's spot. Fuck Peter Gold. Something exactly. Like that. <laughs> something like that. And and Ari is one of, he's really funny, but he's got a, uh, you know, a trigger that I don't think Ari Gold really had. I think Ari Gold was a much softer, kinder version of that, you know? Well, and yet I had to dig in and 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 play everything for real yeah. and and you know play him vicious and at the end of the day the wife is wearing the pants and all that kind of stuff and ari emanuel is one of the great businessmen of all time oh yeah of all time oh yeah um and it, you know he he does you know he and we we took everything he was had this wife that he was loyal to and you thought he was a pig so there was so much there to hang your hat on yeah. that we could that you know, because uh, when I, w w you know, after that I went over and and did uh, Mr. Selfridge that ended up on PBS, which is basically being in the witness protection program, <laughs> unfortunately. But you know, being over there in the UK, people were just like, because it's such an American character. You have to understand, it's so specific. Like in the UK, if you were to take victory laps like that and celebrate yourself in public, it is the most uncouth right. thing they've ever seen in their lives. Right. So they look at this, it's the mo and it's like this exotic bird. Yeah. So they're blown away by it. And yet they love the whole taking the piss type yeah. thing. But I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm very influenced by that comedy. I mean, I even remember telling you in the garage scene, which is one of my favorite scenes when you punch the wall. Yeah. You know, do you remember that oh my scene? God, yeah. And I said to you, I go, I go, there's a scene which you may or may not have listened to me, but I'm like, there was a scene in Faulty Towers where Cleese punches the wall and then yell, looks up at God and basically like, you know, fuck you for my life. And I kind of said something like that to you. And it is a homage to that. That's that scene, you know, in the garage where you're like, 
you know, you're, they took your car away. Malcolm actually took your car away. So, um, so I, 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 you know, that type of humor uh, I love, you know? Um, so man, I, I remember one time we had so many brilliant directors, um, and Julian Farino was was one of our many, and we were shooting, you know, um, in the valley, and I got thrown in the pool <laughs> with my suit on, yeah. and I remember um, him saying, uh, "How many, you know, double? Suits. How many suits do we have?" <laughs> and and it was cold. Uh, it was somehow, for some reason, the coldest night on record <laughs> in the right? valley during the hottest episode. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know me, I want to keep going to the point where you're like, we have to move on, Jeremy. Yeah. I'm like, one more. So, you know, anyway, so um, I think we had three changes of that suit. Um, and so we did three takes. And, you know, they're, God bless the department. They're, you know, trying to like, you know, get the suit dry. dry. You so now I'm putting on wetsuits <laughs> and I'm shaking so visibly that it it's become a problem. Yeah. You know, my teeth are chattering, I'm, but I'm trying to hold on. And, you know, I keep getting thrown in the pool. And we did seven takes and I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just continuously putting on this wetsuit. And I remember I got to the point where I was shaking so badly. I was like, I, I'm going to ruin this scene. It looks like I'm having a seizure in the middle of the scene. Right. So I just sprint into the shower with my suit on, take it off. And I'm just like, and, 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 and um, do you know this story, by the way? I'm not sure. I'm in the shower and there's steam. It's so hot. Right. And I look up and into the shower walks Julian Farino. <laughs> He comes into the shower. I do not know this. Oh my god! And I'm. Just, it was like surreal. And I was like Julian, and he's like, "Can we get one more?" And I was like, "Why? Why?" Like literally, because I just. What can we fix? And he's just like, in the in the background, there's an extra. And I was like, "No, no, brother, I can't. We can't. We can't." We can't. Now, now you see, that's why. And Julian's brilliant. I'm not that kind of. Fil- I'm a. I'm more of a, like, I listen more than I watch. So when, if Julian wanted to throw you in the pool seven times because something wasn't good in the background, it's not something I would even have a discussion about because I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it, it was amazing. It's a tribute to how, what a perfectionist he was. And, you know, he would, he would do it until it was absolutely perfect. Yeah. But, but my thinking was that, if the audience is looking at someone in the background, we got a problem. That's on us. Yeah. That's our problem. Yeah. Then we suck. We need to be fired. Yeah. We need to move on because it's our job to fill that frame and make it look interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, there's so many of those things that go on. And uh, for me, my thing was dialogue. When the dialogue was perfect, if there was a camera problem, I was fucking pissed, you know? So, uh, do you remember this day when we were working with Malcolm and, um, he claims that someone had given him the wrong scene. So we were like, we got to shoot the scene now. I don't know if you remember this. And you were like, we're, we're kind of fucked. Um, you know, Malcolm got the wrong scene or something like that. He doesn't know the lines in the scene, but we have to shoot your side of the coverage. I don't know if you remember this. Okay. It was the craziest moment I've ever had on a set because they're like, we've got to get your side but he doesn't know his lines. I was like, well, okay, well, how, what do we, 
I'll do whatever you want. How do we do this? So they're like, let's just see what happens. And so we're doing the scene and he just starts speaking gibberish to me. You don't remember this? <laughs> I remember Christina Aguilera doing that. No, I don't Just remember. gibberish, you know, apples, bananas, pants. <laughs> and I'm just like I looking at him. I'm like, you don't understand, Vince. We have to make this. Thing. And, and then he would just come at me with something. And we got to the point on our show where it was some crazy Jedi mind shit <laughs> where I'm playing off of something that doesn't make any sense, but I have to come out somehow stay in my lane and respond. To I know you had to do that with Christina Aguilera. I remember like she wouldn't do the lines off camera. Do you remember that? I don't remember that, but I do remember Gary Busey spinning <laughs> off the planet. And, his line. And his line. And <laughs> um, finally, you turn the camera on me and I'll never forget it. And the sun's going down. Mm. It's one of these things where it's like, you know, you hear all the time, you know, we only got one more take. Well, we, we can do it another one, please. It was like, literally like, it was just like a sliver. And it was like, we only had one take left. And he was on one, as you know. And <laughs> <laughs> just saying that gonna miss your smell. Just the crazy shit. I'm just gonna, and I had lines that I had to deliver. Yeah. So it was very, very surreal to kind of like, I had one take just to kind of get it. Fucking nailed it. It's and, magical. I mean, that, that. And that's what you see in the episode. And it was just kind of crazy. And the thing is, <laughs> you have to be at the point where there are no excuses. Yeah. Guess what? Somehow there'll be pages. And I don't even know if that was the case. Whatever. If your scene partner, you know, is just going to give you gibberish. You have to kind of be ready, know the scene inside and out, so that you can. Because you, like it's you very, said, it's very easy to get angry and go, "Are you fucking yeah. crazy? Are you?" But it's like you said, Kobe. Kobe's gonna, he's gonna do whatever he has to do, no matter who's on the team with him. And if you want to play with him, otherwise he's gonna go. But the day I remember that was the scariest fucking day ever. Is like I rewrote this entire six, seven page scene for you and Carla oh, the shit. night before. Yeah, and. They sent you the wrong scene. And, uh, you know, and, and what's crazy is people don't understand. I wrote the scene once, so obviously I thought it was good at some point. Yeah. But once I realized I don't like it and rewrote the whole thing to come on set and see the wrong scene and then know I have to have these two fucking great actors, which I think, you know, Carl, I mean, Carla is like, I, I think there's an Oscar in her future. I've been saying it for 15 years. I've seen her on Broadway twice. She's a, a genius. But I came in and I was like, guys, uh, like, I need help. Because <laughs> I know you're going to need help, but I'll do whatever I can. But at the end of the day, we there's no option. We have to get this today. And you have never seen this. And you need to do whatever you can. And yeah. And, and by the way, you know, everyone has a different skill set. Um, and there are some actors that have a photographic memory. And when people talk about, oh, you got a gift, that's a gift. Yeah. That's a gift from God. I do not have that gift. Yeah. I wish I did. I wish I did more than anything in the world because, and there's some actors that, you know, I can't name right now, but they, you know, have an earpiece. Yeah. And you're working with them. Yeah. And, you know, because they've got a family and they don't want to spend every night running, 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 running. I do not have a family. Um, I want one. 
desperately. You do. You're a very evolved man. Uh, <laughs> I am 200 years old and still single. It's not yeah. cute anymore. And people say, why are you still single? And I say, I've been married to my work. And then my work decided to see other people. <laughs> so if, for the love right. of God, I need to have a family. But I, you know, when you hand me that script at the last second, unfortunately, for me to work on my highest level, I got to, you know, there's some actors go, got it, let's go. I'm not one of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we got to. But ultimately, by the end of the day, you have to figure out a way to yeah. rise to the occasion. And we nailed it. That scene's phenomenal. But Carla is someone, this is an example of like how lucky we were with our cast. Yeah. Like everyone, like Carla, why wasn't she doing her own show and starring and crushing it? She's right. an absolute genius. Yep. I did Miami Rhapsody with her with Sarah Jessica Parker and she was my girlfriend and it was easy to be in love with her because she's gorgeous and insanely talented. Yep. And then ultimately had an affair with Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, could you even do any of that stuff today? You know, I, I can't it's so hard to think about what you could do today because we're gonna find out what actually happens on sets today and what doesn't. But uh, you know, like like you said earlier, we reflected what Hollywood was in 2004. And if we ran it back, we'll reflect what it is in 2021, 22, whatever it is. So um, I think definitely, you'd know, you've been on two or three sets this year. I would think that people are a lot more cautious about starting relationships, but I don't know. You, you know, you know, it's so interesting. Um, people want authenticity. They want to be entertained. Uh, um, the number one movie on Netflix was Bad Trip in which Eric Andre is uh, raped by a gorilla and the gorilla comes in his I face. It. It's the see. most insane thing. you. It's so insanely... It's one of these movies that combines reality with a, with a scripted narrative right. where they're doing a scene, but the people in the background don't know what's happening. And it is so funny and raunchy and insane. And people just went crazy for it. And it's just really, really funny. Um, so people are going to gravitate towards what they connect to and what, and what I makes it. I think you got to remember, though, and I'm aware of this, the whole movement that's happening now... It, all evolution is positive. All ideas of social justice and equality are positive ideas. But there's a small, loud group of people that thinks they have the right to determine where that line is and what it means. And I don't give a flying fuck what any of them have to say, to be totally honest with you. I think that what we did, and I say this proudly, the New York Times, which was a female reporter, I think it was uh, Alexander Stanley, we said we were the smartest and less sexually explicit show than network shows at the time, which were Desperate Housewives and this and that. They called us, you know, they said we had some coarse language, but there was very little sex in this show. And the idea of this fucking narrative where, and again, I don't want to, Sopranos is genius, but Sopranos, it was about murdering people. It was about domestic abuse. It was about uh, infidelity, but somehow that gets characterized as art. But if you look back and, you know, your brother-in-law, which, you know, I fucking love the movie. You look at Step Brothers. Mm -hmm. you look at Superbad, you'll go, this shit, this, Entourage was nothing compared to some of the shit they're saying in there. You look at the OC on Fox about, High school kids. So 
we were the show, in my opinion, and even last night with Mike Tyson, I got a couple of like, you know, very successful hedge fund guys with him. And they go, I'm not a TV guy. Entourage was my show. And I used to get that a lot. And I like that. And I think we were the cool, we were the cool show. Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J-Pivot will be right back after we pay some bills. Do you guys have an account with Coinbase or are you thinking about one? Do you own any Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, or any other cryptocurrency? With an Alto Crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and avoid or defer the taxes. Get into investing with crypto and do it in a tax-advantaged retirement account. Alto's Crypto IRA is the easy way to get crypto into an IRA. 60 plus coins available, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. You can trade all you want without the tax headache. Create an account in just a few minutes. Invest with as little as $10. No setup charges. Secure trading 24-7 through Alto's integration with Coinbase. Want some sushi swap with your Bitcoin? No problem. Alto has you covered. You ready to take your investment to the next level? Diversify like the pros and trade without tax headaches. Open an Alto Crypto IRA with as little as $10. What are you waiting for? Just go to altoira.com slash livin. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A dot com slash L-I-V-I-N. Start investing in cryptocurrency today. Go to altoira.com slash livin. Big news in the shoes, everybody. Rothy's is now selling men's sneakers and men's driving loafers. You probably heard your wife, sister, mother, daughter, friends talking about their love of Rothy's women's shoes. Well, now they've, they've brought their sustainable materials, washable designs, and innovative craftsmanship to men's shoes, finally. If you hate when your favorite white sneakers or light-colored shoes get dirty, Rothy's men's shoes are for you. Their innovative, washable construction means your shoes look like new with every wash. That's kind of amazing, actually. Their elevative style is achieved through innovative manufacturing and materials. For all the sustainability fans out there, Rothy men's shoes are knit with 100% recycled materials. They're even gluten-free. Take a nibble. Even the sneaker laces are made from plastic water bottles. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. I, I Actually, they're amazing looking, and I love them. They go with everything. You can wear them with a suit. My favorite thing about Rothy's is that they're really comfortable, they're high-end, and again, get them dirty, wash them, and then they look like they're new. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash P-I-V-E-N, Piven. That's rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S, dot com slash Piven. Head to rothys.com slash Piven to find your new favorites today. I'm actually glad that we started when we did because I had no clue how popular we were because we, we came around right before you could start TiVoing. And I yeah. remember in the very beginning, the, 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 the way that I knew we were onto something was like, people were like, Hey man, can we uh, come over on Sunday night and check out your show? I was like, what? <laughs> you want to see my sh that's, yeah. ins that's never happened. Yeah. And I was on the sitcom Ellen, I was on all these quote unquote hits. No one was asking me to come over yeah. and watch anything. And suddenly I was like, well, 
people are coming over to watch. That's because it was before TiVo and everything and social media. Yep. So we had no clue yeah, that it was that, even happening. And I think that's kind of good. It's great. We stayed in our it's, bubble it's and just great. we were grinding. And, and we became the thing that where Sports Center was quoting us and this one and that one. So, you know, why? But I, I'd sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I do think it would be fascinating to watch these characters navigate today's society. 100%. I think it'd be, and people would be like, they would be very curious to see how are they going to navigate this. I just finished a movie um, with with Terrence Howard and um, I'm playing a Boston racist. And, um, you know, you talk about- You got the Kate Winslet accent or what? uh, She's Philly. That was a Philly accent. That was a great accent. and this is this is very specific Boston yeah. accent. And yes, I nice. I threw myself in, and it was incredible, and I loved it. And Terrence, as we know, is a yeah. genius. And it's one of these things where my character uses the N word, and and I and I went to him and I said, I just want to let you know, my man, because he's my guy. Yeah. I met Terrence on the street. We were nobody, and I said, man. I saw you in Hearts War. You had a tiny role. You crush it. And he hugged me and he's like, man, no one knows what I do. And we, he actually handed me the Fresh Face of the Year Award and was like, I'm supposed to say this guy's been the Cusack plus one for his whole career. Fuck all that. This dude's great. He was, so we have this great relationship. And I said, bro, I'm going to, how do you feel about me with this N word? And he goes, if you don't lean into that word, then why are we doing it? Right. Um, this is, we're talking about generational racism. Yeah. My mother played my mother, right. nice Jewish woman playing a, a Boston racist. Oh, yeah. It was, it was not in, nice that she was a Boston racist, but my mom is this Jewish liberal woman from yeah, Chicago. I mean, if, if, if art is only going to reflect the nicest shit on earth, not what's really out there, which unfortunately there is racism, there is sexism, there is misogyny and everything else, and there is murder, you know, which for some reason, like, nobody cares about the murders. That's like, that's the lightest stuff. But <laughs> if you're not going to be able to reflect that in art, then what's the point of fucking doing it? Nobody, right. and, and by the way, audiences aren't going to want to watch that. They're not going to want to watch just a bunch of nice people hanging around all the time. And so. by the way, it's, we're not glorifying this behavior. Mm-hmm. We're showing these characters with all the dimensions and warts, and then so we can have a discussion but about. But honestly, them. even if you, even if again, I, I don't want to look at it if you glorify it. We had Jordan Belfort on The Wolf of Wall Street, you know, and I saw that movie with Jordan before it came out, and I was worried like about Entourage. It's before me to even start. I was like, God, I hope, because I, I think about this stuff. Like they asked me to add some nudity, and if you notice in Entourage, there isn't a lot, and that's because of me. Because I'm like. It's a guy's show. We don't need that gratuitous shit. We just don't. But when I watched The Wolf of Wall Street, I was like, we're tame. And because it's Scorsese, because it's Leo, all of a sudden, a true story, and I love Jordan. He's a friend of mine. I know him for 30 years. A true story about a criminal who ripped off people and was a blow addict, hookers, you know, all of a sudden, he's legitimately... A hero. I mean, I I hang out with Jordan and people come up to him. You know, they'll walk by Connolly when I'm with them and go to Jordan. And that movie, you can go whatever you want. And I love the movie. But that movie is a glorification of the worst type of male behavior. And unlike, let's say, Goodfellas, where there is this understanding at the end of this movie, you die in this world or you spend the rest of your life in jail. In Wolf of Wall Street, he gets away and he comes back and has a great life. So 
I think for whatever reason, Entourage, which at one time was, you know, the Emmy darling and the critics darling, for some reason, they decided to hone in on, on this show a lot as some yeah. poster child for some weird shit. I mean, go look at Eddie Murphy's stand-up from 1986. He's crazy. You know, and again, I love Eddie Murphy, and I'm not suggesting anyone censor it. It was what it was, and, and you, you know, you view it at the time, and you decide if you still like it, you know? Do you remember when um, Al Pacino came to pick up, you know, so uh, there was a rumor that Al Pacino was was there um, <laughs> and um, I was looking up to work with him just before we started Entourage um, with McConaughey. And I remember talking to Al and he goes, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah. He goes, you're doing a series, right? I go, yeah. He goes, when does it end? <laughs> I go, what do you mean? He goes, when does it end? He was so yeah. afraid of the idea of a series, you know, because, you know, just the idea that like he's been doing movies his entire life, like you get locked into something and then suddenly it just goes on forever. Yeah. And then here you got a guy, you know, who's now doing TV. It's so interesting. Well, it's, I mean, the whole world has changed in terms of that where, you know, for young actors now it's, it's, there's a lot more content, but it's even harder because all of a sudden TV shows are now, okay, we need movie stars to make TV shows where it yeah. used to be you need movies. But, but it's still not that easy. It's so interesting. Yeah. You can get a movie star, and but the reality is you still got to connect with this audience. Yeah. It doesn't matter how big. They may be the biggest of course. You know, international box office, blah, 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 in the world. But you, the audience now is so smart, you got to bring it and you either yeah. connect with them or you don't. Of course. But just the idea of getting things made now, it's like, okay, you need to start. Then whether it works or not is a different issue. But, you know, I, I, I just think it's, it's an... It's an interesting time we're going through. It's not the first time, though. Everybody thinks this cancel culture is like new. I mean, Dice, you know, who was on Entourage was, I mean, he was being canceled in 1990, you know, so. But he's even come out and said publicly that that you saved his career. Well, that was nice of him. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, so the reality is it takes someone like you. It takes someone like John Favreau, who no one was hiring Robert Downey Jr. Right. They couldn't insure him. No one. And Favreau basically said, this is my guy. I mean, I'm not saying anything to people. This is. I'm, he, si I'm in our offices on, on San Vicente. Uh, Thor <laughs> was the trainer. And he was training Downey, who, you know, I love Downey. He's nowhere. He's like, I don't even think he's on Ally McBeal yet. And he's training. I'm like, what are you, what are you training for? He's like, oh, I'm doing this movie, Iron Man. And this is 2000 and whatever, seven. And I'm like, oh, okay, what is that superhero? And John Favreau's directing. And I remember just going, fucking God, poor guy, man. This poor guy was an Oscar winning actor three, four years ago. And yeah, look at it. Give him a chance to get back. Give him, you know, I mean, and I don't want to bad behavior. And I'm not talking about Downey. Bad behavior is not excusable. It's not this. But, you know, Charlie Sheen's become, you know, somewhat of a friend of mine. And he's going to be back, whether it's 12 months, 24 months. He's that good of an actor and he's that loved by people. So, um, yeah, it does take someone to take a risk. And again, Dice was not a risk for me. Um, I thought I was lucky to have him. And it's the same thing I say about you. you Sean Penn says you should write me a Christmas card. 
I didn't hire anybody as favors. I didn't do anybody a favor. I got the best people. And when they delivered, they fucking delivered. And if anything, I always tell people, I go, Piven put my kids through college. Like, so I'm uh, thrilled, you know? I, I think what, what Sean Penn meant by that, and, and you know, if there's anyone in the world that doesn't kiss ass, it's Sean Penn. Yeah. Literally. What he meant by that was, you wrote such a brilliant character for me that I should thank you. And I do thank you. Well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you delivering it. And, you know, we try to get Sean on the show. Do you remember that? I spoke to Sean for over two hours. And I love Sean. I mean, like, idolize Sean. Yeah. But over two hours, and we were going to do, I mean, Ari was, it was the Haiti earthquake. Yeah. And Ari was going to go. And Sean, we were, like with Matt, because Matt Damon, right. we did a charity thing. I said, Sean, we will get Jeremy there and we will do a real story about this. So we draw attention to it while still somewhat entertaining, which I know is tough in, in, in Haiti at that time. But, you know, that was uh, part of what I liked doing. And with Matt, you know, that's how we got Matt. Like, put my charity on and I'll do the show. And I love that idea. So Just the idea that we could get LeBron James and Tom Brady <laughs> and everyone else. And then I remember you were on just a terror to be like, okay, we're going to Mexico or we're going to fucking Mars. I'm like, Wait, what's going on? And like, what, you know... What we achieved on that show is, is you know, that's I think that's one of the many reasons people look back on it. Like, I keep getting sure you get it as well. Some guys like, yeah, I'm watching the entire eight seasons for the third time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, you know, that's it's just I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. There, there's a real I mean, connection. There. I just had, you know, Ted Lasso, which is like the big, big you know juggernaut right Love now it. so i pose i posted something about it and and the goalie on the show texts me he goes i got into acting because of entourage so all of the haters and all of the nonsense is so is so diminished by the amount of people that we touched and affected who really understood what this show was while hollywood was a big element about it what, what it was was friendship loyalty family and Hollywood was the backdrop of it, which of course we dealt with a lot of that stuff. But why the show worked was because we did have five characters and then all of our ancillaries, but who loved each other at the end of the day, like that and and that Ari would take the time. I mean, I watched the scene the other day where you sit with Jerry Turtle and advise him the way I would my son. And um, I think a lot of people have discounted what they used to remember about it. And I think when they watch it over again, they will see, you know, what that stuff was. And, and, and Ari's bluster was really just a cover for, I desperately want to get everybody to the place that they should be. And I think we all could use that. And we could. And, and all of these characters had a very specific point of view. And I think what would be fascinating to see that point of view navigating this space that we're in yeah. because we're more divided than ever each side is um overcompensating yeah right and living in extremes and are, are unable to hear the other side yeah. and so we're in a very very strange place right now and one of the things that we can provide is an escape yeah don't go anywhere how you live in j piv and we'll be right back after we pay some bills Man, there's so much going on in the world, whether you're excited about, you know, getting out to sporting events, going and seeing live music, live comedy, or you're thinking about, you know, any of the madness in the world right now. You can't control the vibes out there, but you can control the vibes in your head with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ear. 
they're pretty great. I mean, they're, they fit perfectly in your ears. They cancel everything out. It's your own little concert. You can just go inward and, and look, let's be honest. Like, you know, people have had a rough couple of years. So when you're out there, there's a lot of noise that you want to just kind of cancel out. And these are great to do it with. And the new everyday earbuds feel and sound better than ever. They have an improved rubber oil look and feel. You get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best. It's just the right amount of bass. You know, it's got a pure mode, balance mode, bass mode. It's got it all. Raycons start at half the price of any of the other brands, but they sound just as good. Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. Right now, all my How You Live in J. Piven listeners get 15% off all Raycon orders. All you have to do is, is hit up buyraycon.com slash piven. That's buyraycon.com slash piven. You'll get 15% off. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's Smart Electric Toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. You probably heard us talk about Quip a million times, but this is something brand new that rewards you and your mouth. The Quip Smart Brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. Track when and how well you brush your teeth. Get tips and coaching to improve your habits. We all need it. I mean... Uh, for forever, I was brushing way too hard, ruining my gums. We need this stuff. Like sometimes you hear like, well, we don't have, a, you know, any kind of a, a manual for that type of stuff. There's no playbook. Well, there is now. They can show you how you brush your teeth. It's important stuff, man. Earn points for daily brushing and bonus points for completing challenges like streaks. You know, got to keep that streak going. Redeem for rewards like free products, gift cards and discounts from Quip and Partners. Join over 5 million mouths who use Quip. Save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get Quip Smart Brush for just $45. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com slash Piven right now to save $10 on a Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush. That's $10 off a Smart Electric Toothbrush at getquip.com slash Piven. P-I-V-E-N, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Piven. Quip, the good habits company. And, 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 and it'll turn again, and I don't mean that, because like I said, it's good that things are evolving, but, you know, it'll get back to a place where people feel like they can. And again, I don't have any fear. People go, can you write? I don't have any concerns about what I write because my intentions are never to harm. So if you're, if you know that, you know, just cause some asshole is, is offended by something you did, that's not really worth the time to even take that. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, for you, for me, because I get the questions every day, I wouldn't even worry about them anymore. I wouldn't even acknowledge them anymore. They're just like, this is what we did. It was 10 years ago. When we get another shot, we'll do it just as well as we did then in this time and this place, you know? What do you what do you think it would take to to get that shot? I think it's I, I think it's coming. I think 
our podcast, your podcast are both wildly successful. And now they're hearing it. But the 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 new head of HBO, like he got on CNBC and he's like, we have the greatest properties in the world. Sopranos, Sex and City, Entourage. Like he didn't leave it out like some of the past people were doing for so long. So mm. I believe 100 percent it's coming. And I think. You know, why I say to everybody in the group, it's like we all rise together and let's just keep building each other up, you know? I heard that, my friend. Um, it's funny because I've got so many notes that I'm sitting because we had we had a lot of we yeah. had a, we had a lot of years together. We did. I mean, and the only person that you that has not appeared on the Victory Podcast is Adrian. Mm-hmm. Do we want to address that? Should we just move on? Whatever you want. I I'm not shy. I mean Adrian, uh, I consider a friend. I just saw him at Coachella three years ago. We had a great time four oh, years ago. Maybe. Okay. I have absolutely no idea why he um, um, is. I don't know what, but he wants to do the reboot. He's already said it. So, you know, I mean, I guess he just doesn't want to show up on a podcast for free. Some people don't, you know, so someone can pay him. Great. So, but you haven't had a conversation with him. I did have a conversation with him and he said he, he wasn't in that headspace. That was about a year ago. Wasn't in that um, headspace. Which I didn't, I didn't, you know, again, I'm, uh, I am judging him because I think that, like I just said to you, this is work we should all be proud of. It's, it's yeah. opened up doors for all of us to do lots and lots of things and we should embrace it. You know, we totally embrace it. And you know, what's interesting. Um, I remember when, cause I show my mom everything very close. I'm a mama's boy. And my mom looked at the script and she said, are you okay with them? You could possibly be typecast. This is the pilot. The pilot. You could possibly be typecast playing this role. I was like, mom, what are you talking about? That's insanity. You have to understand. You it's know, pretty ingenious that she saw that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I've done 40 movies. I've been playing the schlumpy, acerbic best friend to Cusack and, right. and Nick Cage, you know, and I've been on stage as an actor my entire life and I've been grinding and I haven't taken any breaks. Um, and I'm just going, what, what, do you, what, do you, what is typecat? Like, what does that even mean? And it was just so interesting. She saw something I, somehow intrinsically in this character that was so specific uh, and real and authentic. And that when you're in people's living rooms, it is intimate. Yeah. And even Clooney said, like, people's reaction to him are different than Brad Pitt. Because with ER, he was in their living rooms. Right. So they would come up to him. Right. And Brad Pitt, they kind of stay away from because he's like, oh, he's on the big screen. Right. You know, and there is something very intimate about I'm in people's living rooms. I, You know, I've been traveling around and doing stand-up. And I talk about this confusion where people see me and, you know, they respond to me as if I'm Ari Gold. Right. And by the way, you know, you can rail against the universe for being misunderstood, you know what I mean, and get angry and bitter and whatever, or you learn how to navigate this. And there was a time because, yeah, I mean, my ideology, as you know, yeah. is very different from Ari Gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's it, it used to offend me to be, you know, to, to, to be misunderstood. Yeah. And the reality is, you can't make people the way you want them to be. No. And these are all great lessons yep. to learn. I, I think, you know, I, I think you see it with Dylan. I mean, Dylan, who I, I honestly think is a brilliant comedic underused actor. And 
he embraces it. He has no problem letting people think whatever they want about Johnny drama or this and that. But I get you. Believe me. I was- but there was a moment where he walked into the audition. I think you told me. And you he just walked in straight from golf. a tennis. Was it golf? Golf. Okay. And he- Spikes. He walked into the audition with Spikes. <laughs> I mean, you know. And I mean- what, what, what did he see? He said a line. You're like, that's... Well, in the, sure. in the actual pilot, he said the line. It's funny what we were talking about, but, you know, you see any parts in there for me, bro. Right. And it was just, it was a throwaway joke. And Dylan delivered it in a way where the executive at HBO, who I'd worked with for a year and a half, who'd analyzed every draft, every line and, and tortured me. And and you felt the heartbreak from from Dylan that, God, I'm the, the loser brother. And she said to me, she goes, I might actually watch the show. And it was the. Listen, I don't know if you did this consciously, but the reality is Kevin Dillon's brother is Matt Dillon. And Matt Dillon was a fucking superstar, just like Vinny Chase was. And there's almost, I I don't want to say typecasting, but there's something there. Kevin Connolly's best friend is Leo DiCaprio. Okay, so like there no, is there's there, something there. Now maybe they you know maybe they bring something to it, but I can tell you, you know, I'm not saying you did it intentionally, no, no, but I, isn't no, that interesting? It. It's very interesting and it is all of the magical weird behind the scenes kind of things that come in front of the camera, but you know, I would Kevin Dillon's ex-girlfriend is one of my closest friends and I didn't know Kevin Dillon and she said called me the night before and said Kevin Dillon is coming in and and not to be an asshole because I have seen all of Kevin's work. But I was like, Kevin, you know, she's like, you know, Matt's brother. I'm like, oh, great. I'm sure that's going to be great. Kevin Dillon walked into that audition and said one line and I started fucking crying. I was like, but didn't even before he started saying your lines, you, you said he he walked in. There was something about him. You're like, is that Johnny drama? Well, I, I think I thought he was fucking nuts, to be honest with you. He's wearing <laughs> like golf whites and like his Titleist hat, I believe. And I thought he was nuts. So but it, it was really when he delivered the line with Connolly, we could not cast this role. And um, people kept telling me because I wrote what I wrote in the script was uh a Joe Pesci type, um, a Jack Russell Terrier. So everyone's like, there's this fucking kid. He's scrappy, gets in fights. He's, he's this. I'm like, all right. And we kept calling his agents and they said he retired from acting. And Mark knew him. Mike Young knew him. Um, I forget who else, but everyone kept saying the same thing. So I went to to dinner with him. And I'm like, this is the guy. I knew it. And I had seen some really good actors. I'm like, it's not what I need. So him being friends with Leo, it was irrelevant. It was. I know you you say it's irrelevant, but there's something intangible that he intrinsically knows. Possibly. Yeah. Because he's been around that. Possibly. Yeah. Because you have to understand, I, you know, was best friends with Cusack. So I witnessed a movie star from the time we were 16 years old. Right. Which is, you, you know, you 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 see things and you witness things yeah. that most people don't get yeah. a chance to see. So there's something there. And it, yeah, if you yeah. think about it, it all is kind of magical that there's some off. And as an act, as an actor, I'm playing this this fictional agent. Now, I'm a fucking theater nerd from Chicago playing a guy who his mantra is it's all about the money. Yeah. All about the money. Right. And um, 
So for me to play this character and to look at these actors who are so authentically these characters, do you know what I mean? It's like I would suck if I couldn't rise to the occasion. Right. So I was very lucky in the way that like there are all these pieces that fit so beautifully yeah, I together mean, you know we 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 just everything did we got really lucky i mean adrian adrian was in a woody allen movie where he's playing the rival entourage to dicaprio like he's the other movie star and you know adrian <clears throat> was sitting in that office in lev's office for six months uh, before lev ever said ah this is the guy like we just cast it adrian didn't even read because i think which Lev, uh, you know, he had some some good insights. And one of them was he knew how obsessed I was with finding Mark, you know, and um, we just couldn't. And then he's like, I got the guy. And like, I, you know, I spent and I love Adrian and I think Adrian, I don't think we could have done better. And even like Mark himself, you kind of would have been like, why does he need these guys around him? But Adrian had that kind of feeling that he needed like a little bit of help. But I spent so much time obsessing. Is he tough enough to do some of the stuff that was in my head? Is is he this? And, you know, so, but it all worked, you know? And well, One of the things that you do so brilliantly is you're able to call an audible, even though you are very specific with your words and you work very hard on them. And it's very important we get everyone right. You're also able to call an audible and go, oh, hold on a second this dynamic with these characters we need to explore this more yeah. and hold on well, wait a minute is Vinny chase a good actor <laughs> i remember you had that moment yeah. and then suddenly and you know you then explored that and then then you know, started exploring the fact that maybe the people surrounding the movie star you know have more to do and are maybe more charismatic or um have you know more issues and 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 all these things so that people really latched and even the critics latched on to that you know what i mean so you were able to navigate that space you you have to and again it's not it's not um that vince was less anything but you 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 start a show and i think anybody will tell you this and you find where your strengths are which is why i say i you say we didn't start shows with you i feel like almost every show started with you and e on the phone that was like my that was like my cheat code to i don't know what the fucking show is going to be but i'm going to get them on the phone you know ari's going to say something demeaning to e <laughs> he's going to get defensive and we're right. going to be off on some story but right. you know you go with what you have and and adrian is there is nobody who could have done that role better um but I know where the comedy gold is. Stupid pun. wasn't intended. But, you yeah. know, like I knew if Dylan or you were in a scene, I'm going to find funny moans for you. You're going to find them on your own anyway. So is Dylan. But I'm going to find lines. They're going to come out and, and, and take over. It just is what it is. So um, you have to do that. And it's why I say like this. This show 40, which will haunt me forever. I mean, Eddie Burns, Michael Rappaport, Michael Imperioli. And then the other part that I, I just couldn't find someone to do what you did on Entourage was the best written part on that show. And you know who actually would have been great because he read for both? Imperioli, who's a fucking genius. Yeah. He, he could have done either, but then I couldn't find the other one. So that's, uh, you know, you have to you have to match both. You cannot... You cannot get by on writing and you cannot get by on just acting. I mean, there's a couple of actors maybe who can, but you know, you need that combination to be great and you need it to just work. And we were lucky in every way that did, you know.
we 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 were indeed man i want to continue this conversation um i don't know if we just talked for five minutes or two hours and that's a good sign by yeah, the way i think so that's yeah. that's a great sign and this this has been amazing sitting down with you um i think we need more of it for sure and and we're gonna get back and uh you know i really believe that and i think everybody's just gotta you know keep like just keep you know the grind on and and feel like because i think adrian fell into that oh people are saying the show was this and that i think we all know what the show was and we all know the relationships that were formed behind the scenes as well and you're, think, you're saying that he's that he's i'm not saying prescribing to, to like a, a social narrative a little bit a little bit yeah i think so and again he didn't tell me that but um there's nothing really else like why else would he not want to talk about it you know but my point is is everybody is going to at the end of the day we leave a legacy behind which i feel is important for whatever it is and i think we left a good one and i think um the more people realize which is what's so great about these podcasts the more people realize how much we all went through together and there were friendships. And again, like I said, I know you better now after a couple of podcasts because I did. You were, you know, look, you were the big fucking 300 pound gorilla coming on the show that was we knew was going to fucking, you know, was going to help carry us a little bit. And I guess I did look at you a little bit like this is fucking a cakewalk for him. I'm not asking him to uh, I'm not asking him to be a, a priest in 17th century Peru. But now I do realize that the effort that you put into delivering the magic that you did. And uh, I think that's something everybody can grow to be aware of what everybody is doing. And we know the crew, we were moving 17 locations in a day with the people we're doing, our DPs and our gaffers and everybody else. So um, that's, it's a good thing to be aware of all of that. But I think I'm proud of everything we did and I think we're gonna keep it going, so. To be continued, man, yep. um, because I know that every everywhere I go, people are like, you know, what about the reboot? What's yeah. what's going on? The New York Post called me yesterday and I said, I don't have anything to say about it. And then they basically hung up on me. Like, that's all they wanted to talk about. I'm like, I got a hot podcast. We're doing live shows. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll call you later. So I but I said, I go, it's going to happen, whether it's three months or three years. It's all I can feel it all just like I felt it last time, you know, Um a lot of people didn't think that movie was going to happen. And in my opinion, it shouldn't have happened. And I said that from day one. See, because so, sorry to interrupt you, but people don't realize, you know, we're living in these times where everyone is hypersensitive mm -hmm. and people are overcompensating, you know. Um, and one of the places that is doing that is Hollywood. And so I think it's just a fascinating, fertile ground to explore right now that people would love to see. Absolutely. I mean, do you know that the biggest stars in the world still call me? They want me to do Entourage in their world, which I, you know, I have a Thierry Henry show, as you know, but yeah. I mean, we're talking in the music industry, in the sports industry, they still right. go, we want Entourage, you know? So I'm like, well, we have it already. So we don't <laughs> need to like do a, another one. So right. we'll see what happens. Right on, man. It's been great sitting awesome. down with you. Yep. Thank you, buddy. Good. I'll see you on your podcast. Yes. Whenever you're ready, come back on. You know, I got a new one, too. You got to come on. Ways. <laughs> Hollywood ways. How You Live in J. Piven is a cast original podcast in association with Common Enemy and Tenderfoot TV. Producer is Kyle Tequila. Theme song by Common. Executive producer for cast is Harley Roman. 
Executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Executive producers for Common Enemy are Jared Einson and Dave Osico. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in Jay Piven every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>